all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. So many ways we can do that, amen. So many ways we can give him all the glory and all the honor and praise him. The greatest way is with our life, amen. With the life that he's given us. The breath in our lungs, amen. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to see every one of my brothers and sisters in this house tonight, amen. amen. Thank God for you. I thank God for every one of you, Lord Jesus. Oh, in Jesus' name. Young people, you can go downstairs, amen. Soak up the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Bless my brother as he teaches. Thank you, Jesus. great day a great day amen I'd like to pray uh, not only for this moment in time but for those that aren't here amen those that have been sick or afflicted or maybe even tormented I don't know but we know that we need to lift those up amen that are not here and those that are here amen faithful God Lord, I give you thanks and praise for this moment of time, Lord. We come to you boldly, Lord, with all thankfulness, trust, and hope in you and your word and your promises, Lord, as we speak healing virtue to flow, Lord God, through those who are sick in body. We pray victory, Lord God, for those, Lord Jesus, that would be in torment, Lord, and attack. Understand, Lord God, arise up in a boldness and authority in the spirit, Lord, over everything, Lord God, that would hinder them. I thank you, Lord, for victory in each and every life, Lord God, in health, in strength, Lord, in mind, body, and spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let your anointing flow, Lord God. Let me deliver this, Lord, how you would have it in every way, shape, and form, Lord God. Mute my lips, Lord God, of anything, Lord, that is not of your will. I thank you for your authority and power. I thank you for this moment in time. Each and every soul in this house, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, have your way. Praise God. You may be seated. If I was going to open with the scripture tonight, give a little context. It will be Genesis 3. Amen. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question mark. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But, the, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, 
lest you die. I'm focus in this setting. You'll see the parallel later, but I want to hang on the question mark in this setting anyway. And the fact that there's a conversation happening in the first place. Amen. That she's having a conversation with the enemy of her soul. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Praise God. Just want to begin telling you I'm 100% aware of who I'm speaking with tonight. Amen. Number one, to myself and people that I love and people that love God. Amen. That being said, I just want to talk about some things. But number one, I want to talk about a dangerous and unnecessary place or a position to be in or to arrive in. Amen. A scary place that God does not want us in our walk. And that's on the fence. That's an idiom. It just means it's, it's a saying being to be on the fence. Amen. On the fence about anything, anything in the Bible or anything that has been taught over this pulpit. Number one. Amen. Praise God. That fence. The edge of that fence and what's on the other side. I would submit to you that it belongs to the enemy. That belongs to the enemy. I'll explain that a little bit more. So the definition of on the fence of that idiom is unable or unwilling to commit oneself. Or an example is if you're on the fence, you can't decide something. You're torn between two options. You're standing at the ice cream counter, not sure if you should get chocolate or vanilla. You're on the fence. Am I going to press in or resist? Surrender my will or walk in iniquity? Being on the fence means you really just can't decide. I believe most of us had, I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Is that, that's how the, that song goes. And I know we've made that decision in this house tonight. Amen. As I follow the leading of the Lord tonight, I'll just speak to myself, to each of us, that we would allow this to resonate as I've examined and just thought I'd, that we would see this as strength and encouragement and felt to say this other times, it's not always where we're at or where we're not, but it's training and preparation at times for what's to come. It's not necessarily what's happening now, but being prepared for the future in every way. Amen. So being on the fence or getting close to it, as in our scripture, getting close Getting close to that tree, getting close to that fence, right? Getting close to it, it can't be an option for us in this end time harvest that we've been chosen for. Do we realize we have been chosen for this end time harvest for this last literal years, days, we will call it, whatever it is that God has in store and left for us on this earth, it is an end time harvest, and we have been literally chosen and saved for such a time as this. We are 
powerful. Amen. We are chosen. We are the apple of God's eye. I mean, just as the, the Jewish people were his chosen people, we know the Gentiles were allowed in, but think about it. We are truly, our generation, I believe, will not pass away before we see him coming and split the sky. We are his chosen people. So it begins with the mighty revival in each of us. The line, the edge, whatever gets the idea across, I'll refer to a proverbial fence tonight. How and why to stay off it, the benefits and necessity of using it for our good. Amen. I want to share a brief story. There was a, where I said earlier that that fence, that fence line that, and what's on the other side belongs to the enemy. What I refer to is there was a man of God that said he, he just wanted to hang back a little bit. He was just going to stay on the fence. He was getting wore out. He said, I don't want to, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to go sit on the pew. I'm just going to kind of do my thing. I'm not going to press in and be really involved. I'm, I'm going to just kind of hang out and be on the fence. I'm going to, well, he woke up to a dream where he was on this fence and here came and met him, the devil, and he said, what are you doing here? What are you doing? He said, this is my fence. This is my fence. And he had told the man in this dream or vision. If we think about that aspect, that's his territory, his place where we have no right to be, praise God. But the, the thing about riding that fence line is we have two options of where it's going to land. The one side demise, right? I've shared this story anyway before, just only this aspect, but if we think about it, the best way I can describe it is like imminent death is either from a great height or like molten lava where you touch it and it's, it's game over. If you go completely over that fence or the other side of that, that's the end of the story. So if we could tonight, just for the sake of this Example I'm using, just envision a fence, a narrow wall, whatever it may be. Just as there's destruction on the one side, if we choose to step down on the other side, there's always two sides, right? What God's called us to do and what the enemy wants for us. But if we'll choose to walk on the other side, to come off that fence, to stay on a sure path, where there's hope, where there's the destination at the end. I'm not going to tell you it's a smooth path. It can be all different terrains. If you've ever been to the Abe Caves, that comes to mind right now. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you've got to divert and not trip and fall and hit yourself on a rock or hit your head or whatever it is. Sometimes it's nice and smooth and downhill. Sometimes it's uphill. It's jagged. It's treacherous. But... There is a destination, especially if you're on your way out of that tunnel. You know there's light. You know there's hope. There's a, there is a sure destination. You're on a sure path. And that's following the Lord. Amen? Just envision that fence. So leaning on the fence, getting close to it, trying to peek through, being that nosy neighbor, 
right? Just kind of skimming through those cracks or trying to peek through a knothole or wanting to see and hear what's going on on the other side is dangerous to any degree. Just as, think about it, soon enough we'll have our heads peeking over, having conversations with the other side, with the world, with the liar, the deceiver, the enemy of our soul, just as Eve did in the garden in Genesis 3 as we read. Don't let the enemy... I'll tell you again, do not, we cannot, we've got to guard our minds. Do not let the enemy put question marks in your mind like he did. Because he put the first, remember I spoke question mark? He put the first question mark, and it was questioning the authority of God. He put the first question mark in the Bible. His methods haven't changed much. They haven't changed much. He's got lots of tactics, but his overall method, he only has a few. But before we know it, if we're not careful, if we begin to entertain or allow those question marks and don't shut them down, before we know it, we can be up on that fence line. Once again, where odds of success are diminished, where we're on that fence, When we're up on that fence line, the enemy has the so-called home turf advantage. He's got the home turf advantage. Just like, think about the Midway Carnival games, right? You're at the fair or whatever, and you're walking through, and they got all the little games, and these guys are trying to get you to come in. Well, what is it? They're rigged. The odds are stacked against you. And that's where we stand. On, a, on the edge, on the fence, so to speak. So we've heard of the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China, most of us probably seen a picture of it. It's a great wall. It's long. I, I didn't do the extra research of giving you a distance and so on, but it's irrelevant. But what is interesting, it was designed just so, just so where the steps were built there are steps. It, you know, it inclines, declines, goes straight. Well, on this path, the steps were intentionally built different sizes. So if you come up here, there's code for how deep a step is. Every step is uniform. Well, on the Wall of China, in their wisdom, they created these steps that were staggered. Some were taller, some were smaller and shorter. Well, here's the deal. There was watchmen. They had their towers and their positions. And so for this length of the wall, they were responsible for memorizing that pattern, those offset steps. They, they would spend so much time, they were able to memorize that in order for them to be able to run to their, to their post, run to do whatever they need to do to outrun the enemy. Why? Because the enemy would become tripped up because automatically they're going to try to run like regular steps, but they don't realize that they're going to begin to stumble. They had the advantage because that wall was their home turf, just as that fence line is to the enemy. But we can do the same. We can do the same by hiding what? We can hide the word in our heart. We hide the word in our heart, and, it, and then now he's on our turf. Now he's on our turf. And we could trip up the enemy with the word. That's what Jesus did when he came and he was tempted 
when things were thrown at him, when the enemy came and said this, what did he do? He used the word on it and he tripped him up and shut him down. We're never called. We were never called. It was never God's will or desire for us to straddle a fence line or walk a tightrope in a windstorm with the enemy of our soul jumping up and down. You ever been on the Somehow I'm back in a carnival. I had no intention of saying that. But you know, when you go through and they had the kitty ride and you, with all the little funhouse mirrors, well, they'd have that bridge. You know, that bridge that would move if someone was to step on it and you'd lose control. Everyone wants to jump up and down and you can't, you can't walk. You lose your footing. We, we were never designed to be on a thin line, on a fence line or a tightrope in a windstorm, as an example, with the enemy of the soul just jumping up and down, throwing stuff at us, and using every tactic what, to have us fall off the edge to that imminent demise we talked about. His efforts will generally stay the same, but the difference is where our feet are planted will be the success or failure of the enemy. Where our feet are, our feet are planted and what our lives are settled on. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I talked about on Sunday, that rock is Jesus. We're going to build our foundation on Christ, build that relationship on a firm foundation of prayer and walking in his ways, reading of his word on, a, on that sure path, on that sure path. Consecration and separation is crucial. Seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, being sensitive to his convictions, not what we decide what is acceptable, because our flesh will always, always help justify compromise outside of the security of God's will. And a lack in any of these will put us right back on that fence before we even notice. God wants all of us, all we have to give to him and walking in his ways, his will. I believe that's our desire. No, not always successful. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He needs us to be involved and desiring to be used in his kingdom and in the gifts of the spirit. Walking in the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, working hand in hand. And that we do it with fervency and unity. So we talked about last week, moving together being strengthened together, working as a unit, not only in, in battle, but walking in the spirit, amen? And what, what else did we talk about? We talked about 
being utilized. Thank you, Jesus. At the beginning of the month, I was given three, three things to speak about. In the beginning, I was trying to make sense of it. And see, I thought it was just for the, for the first week. And then in God's infinite wisdom, he revealed to me, you know, this is for this. And then I got to sift through and pray and seek to find out what the order and everything else was. But praise God. So being in the armor, being unified in every aspect being effective in his kingdom. When we begin to apply these principles and be effective in the kingdom, we're going to need each other more. We're going to need the word in our hearts more. I'm not talking even about whatever the world will try to throw at us, you know, as far as, yeah, the enemy can be involved in that, but I'm just saying in everyday life, and as we press in, It's mandatory for each of us to have that spirit of unity, amen, in fervency together. Because with involvement, with the application and everything that is said tonight, we're gonna, it's, it all comes together. I feel like that's why that, that second, the last week about the unified front being bound together, and warfare, walking in the spirit, stepping into everything together, unified. It pivots on that. Because when we begin to step into these things and what God, I know, is calling us into deeper and greater things in prayer and the spirit, because it's going to be effective. It's not just about gifts and desiring power, but God is wanting and is going to utilize this church in aspects of the gifts. Why? Because it's for the fame of Jesus. It's going to bring glory. It's going to be effective. It's not to puff ourselves up, God forbid. It's because God gives the power. He has a desire. And so when we can begin to flow and operate in every aspect fervently together, these things are going to come to pass, and the fame of Jesus will spread. And we're going to be able to love and comfort and nurture the, the hurting. I assure you, mark my words. What I do know is what God, what he doesn't want is our leftovers. What's left of us after we do what's more important to us at the time or entertaining to us. Let's give place to the Lord early in the day. We can't live a life on the fence of living for God and part in the world. The word says in Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. His will is that we need to seek, is what we need to seek. Not the ways and distractions and lies of the world. Not Hollywood or what's on the internet. We must remember this true statement. I repeat, anything that we're putting before God lives in our lives is closer to God than we are. That might not be a new statement, but it's a 100% true statement. And when we can recognize that, that's what gives us the ability to cast down imaginations and things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. If we don't recognize these things, then we're just susceptible to it and we go with the flow. 
We're just going to be, that's going to be, because how can we battle that which we're not aware of? I, there is cap, nothing in this world that can compare or compete or offer us the blessings and promises available to us through the word. If we remember to refrain from worldly, unclean or ungodly things or thoughts, even thoughts, because it all starts there. We can't minimize just a thought. Well, I didn't do it. I just thought about it. Well, guess what? Where does it start? If we entertain a thought, that's why. Well, I guess I've never really thought about it like I did today when it just came out. But so much of these aspects of casting down imaginations, recognizing these things. Why? It all has to do with the mind. Why? Well, there's one good reason. is because that's where the enemy works. He wants to work in our ears. He wants to throw things in our direction and also see how we're going to react and respond to it. But his number one tactic is this, is talking. He's talking, whether he uses another head or another mouth or himself, however he wants to do it, we know that's where he can get in, through our minds, through our ears. Faith comes by hearing. But fear, the lies of the enemy, is the faith of the... It's just what faith is to God, fear is to the enemy. So fear can be boiled up in what? Anxieties, all these different things that we can entertain. And all it really is is a thought. Something's stirred up from the enemy, amen? That's why we have to guard our minds. If we can guard our minds, we're not even, yes, we guard our hearts. But if we can guard our minds, so many other things are not going to be able to influence us. Because it all starts here. Our mind commands our hands to do this or to do that. So what's, putting, what's worth putting a hole in our ship? Worth separating us from God's divine will for us? Nothing. Nothing. We are to be separate. Amen. And to resist things that distract us and draw us from him. While being led by the Spirit to know what those things are. Amen. We got to... Thank you, Jesus. Recognizing the distractions. We must surrender ourselves to the Lord and be in obedience to his word. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And we won't be blessed living for God out of obligation. Excuse me. Or only some of the time. The desire of God is for us to be 100% on fire or be cold and dead to him. There is no in-between. There is no fence line of success. refer to this scripture to back that up revelations 3 15 and 16 i know the works that are <clears throat> that thou art neither cold nor hot i would that you were cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot i will spew thee out of my mouth that is a dangerous place i don't know about you i i think i do know about you but i personally want to be on fire for god burning brightly for all the world to see amen burning brightly for all to see in this dark world it's getting darker, and it needs all the light it can get. Praise God. So how much more can we give of ourselves to God? How much do we want or need from him? How much do we truly want God in control of our life? 
saying and doing is surrendering. They're vast. <laughs> Getting it from, from that desire to application takes the grace of God. Amen. It takes the help of the Lord. I guarantee you. We know we can't do any of this on our own. This is all about giving it to God. So let's never put God on our time thinking we will always have more time to live different or give ourselves completely to him or to others because for one thing is for sure, tomorrow is not promised and hell is full of souls of those that thought they had more time. Maybe it wasn't in their schedule. Maybe it was inconvenient to give their all at the time until it was too late. But if they could advise us, oh, how they would plead. Oh, how they would plead for our souls. They would beg us not to make the same mistake. We can't wait for a more convenient season. Thank you, Jesus. His will and dying out to our will is crucial. It's not about convenience in this walk with God. I'm wrapping up. We have to slow down and ask ourselves, what was convenient about the cross? We have a cross to carry and a burden to bear daily, he prays God. He wants 100% of what we are capable of. 100% of what we are capable of. He makes up the difference. When we step into him, it's the beginning. All we can do is grow and grow and press forward through him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. No, tomorrow is not promised, but he has great gifts from us, for us. He has great gifts for us. There's great promise for us. We make a strong, a solid decision to take advantage of those gifts, to take advantage of the opportunities that he presents us to live a, what, a holy, separated, a consecrated life on that sure path, not wavering, not teetering, because we can't afford to live our life in a hunger for God, to get bumped off by, by wind or by the enemy or by some little thing. We get distracted and lose our footing, and now it's too late. But if we can just get on that sure path together, amen? We can get on that sure path together and remain pressing forward together. We will be victorious, amen? We will be effective in this kingdom in these last days according to the will of God. Thank you, Lord. As I close, I ask some rhetorical questions for thought. Thank you, Jesus. Why be on the fence about what God has for us? What have we been on the fence about? What would hold us back? Why are we allowing whatever that is to stop us or slow us down? We can always find ways in our flesh as to which side of the fence, which path do we choose today? But I want all he has for me. He wants us to have all these things, amen? All the gifts, all of us in his will. Why? It's for others. It's for his glory. It's to strengthen each other so we can be effective outside of ourselves. It's worth repeating a million times because that's the will of God. Amen. I feel a call to make a decision. I feel a call and a stirring in myself of conviction and continued desire for consecration 
In other words, for commitment and surrender. Why? That we be effective for this lost and dying world and that we could be a strength to each other so we can put a smile on our Father's face. Amen. Steer clear of that fence. Just think every day, what is it? What is it that could get me on that fence? What am I listening to? What voices am I hearing that will get me too close? Too close to that tree. Too close to that fence where we can be caught up. Amen. Praise God. These altars are open. I would invite us to just come and ask ourselves and ask God the answers to these questions and to these thoughts. What is it that we can do to set our feet on that solid ground? On that sometimes rocky path, but on that sure foundation, that sure path that will bring us to where he's called us to, and that is eternity with him. Bringing others with us by the hand in Jesus' name.